This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. God, thank you. God, thank you. Bread on the table. Bread on the table. You ain't got to worry. Bread on the table. Bread on the table. Worry, worry. Bread on the table. Bread on the table. Bread on the table. Bread on the table. Pump a nickel. Back in them days to pump for nickels. At the gas pump, filling up with nickels. Tommy's doing years for a couple nickels. Credit break out like Tommy Pickles. Russell Cole, drop a couple tears and they turn to sickles. Take my stress and turn them into lessons. Till my pocket stuff and luggage. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Karma Appleshot, a.k.a. Cheyenne Lene, a.k.a. Motor City Oprah. And we are back for episode nine of Views from the Thick Podcast. The song that you just heard is by my guy, Must Pay Phone. It's called um, Bread on the Table. Um, I really, really like that song. I'm a, a huge fan of his. He's a Detroit artist um, because I really, the first time I ever met him, um, it was at a show, and coincidentally, it was on our birthday. We shared the same birthday, and he was performing, and I really paid attention to his wordplay. Like, if you hear in the song, in the first verse, my favorite line of the song is where he says, uh, he said, pump or nickel, back in the day, used to pump them nickels at the gas pumping, at the gas pump, filling up with nickels. Homies doing years for a couple nickels. I pray they break out like Tommy Pickles. I really, really, really love his wordplay and how he puts his words and shit together. Like, he's a really dope artist. I want y'all to check him out. Um, his name on all social media is um, is Must Pay Phone. He has a website. It's mustpayphone.com. His new EP is out called Big Blessings. Um, all his music is on all streaming services, um, Apple, whatever, you know, you use, title. Um, also, he has a new video that he just put up on his website. And, again, his name is Must Pay Phone on all his social media pages is M-U-S-T-P-A-Y-P-H-O-N-E. Um, no special spelling or anything like that. It's just must pay phone. Definitely check them out. Um, I am joined today by a very special guest in the studio. Very special. Semi-special. Ooh. <laughs> we gonna ha- we're going to... On that yeah. note. Yep. So I, wanna go, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. T- Sir, tell the world who you are, please. All right, so I guess uh, I would introduce myself as uh, Cheyenne's boyfriend. Oh, okay. The African Caesar. <laughs> I told you I was doing it. I told you I was doing it. You, you did say that. I wanted to see if you were going to really do I it. I was going to start to show off with it. Desire okay. that. Okay. And you're going to just leave me out there in the cold, huh? No. Yep. I'm not. No blanket, no coat. Just nope. Butt naked. Okay. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't confirm or nothing. Like, All right, so anyway. I'm just, I cannot, it's going to be a long show. So, so you're not going to confirm? You're not going to, you're not going to. Nope, I'm not even, I'm not going to say anything. See, I, see, I, see. See I, what? Is, is that not leaving me on the code? No, it's not. Jake, don't you be over there instigating. Right, like, <laughs> right, like I didn't put myself wow. out there. She like, all right, wow. so we got, we got business to attend to. <laughs> see. Wow, Jason. All I right. told I I knew it. I was like, why she leave? I said it. Like you gonna leave me on the code. Leave me on the code. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right. So tell me a little bit about this. <laughs> <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself, African Caesar. Uh, well, I thought I had a girlfriend like five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, besides that, um, mm-hmm. I am the host of the Sneaker Boss Podcast, um, the number one sneaker podcast on the planet. Um, also, an electrical engineer for Chrysler. Um, Trying to think what else is pertinent at this moment. Um, raised and born in Detroit, or born and raised in Detroit, uh, Eastside. 
Yeah. about that matters yes yes it absolutely does matter because it's always i'm always just surrounded by west siders so it's always nice to be around some east siders well i gotta say the west siders are treating me a lot nicer than hey the east hey hey uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, not what we're doing here uh, <laughs> i told you i was doing it I, wow i knew you was gonna leave me out there in the wind but you know i ain't mad at you uh i still love you i just you know i talk to you when you get home um, oh my god I, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I always, whenever I was a kid, like, I always felt like Woodward, like, I always felt like as soon as I crossed Woodward, like, the world would turn black and white and I would just go back 10 years. So if it was like 1990, it was like, I would just go back to like 1980. Like, the West just, no, I'm good. The West, I just always seen behind. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it's, it's the biggest part of Detroit and the lamest part and the wackest part. That's um, facts. All facts. All facts. <laughs> I'm here for all West Side slander, but you know. <laughs> I got love. I mean, it's, it's messed up because like all my people either are on the West Side or have moved to the West Side. Um, and so. We still have windows. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, see? See? It's always some type of East Side, West Side debate. Every No matter what we're talking about, we could be talking about the damn weather outside. Like, oh, the sky is, you know. Pretty cloudy out. Well, it ain't cloudy like that on the west side. All I know is ain't nobody on the west side gonna go to the east side talk talk slick. I know that. Cross Woodward and talk slick about the east side. It ain't happening. It ain't <laughs> happening. If you do, like if you if you talk, if you do cross Woodward, you got like one toe on the other side of Woodward, and you're gonna say what you gotta say real quick and you're gonna run it right back to the other side of Woodward. I mean, no, you shouldn't go with nobody who talking. Oh, that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> true fact. That's that's facts right there. Um but no, I you know I live in the burbs now. You know uh, I got one daughter, and uh, so you know, um, like it's, I said, I thought I had a girlfriend five minutes. I ago. was just about to say because you just said that I was your girlfriend, and you said you thought I was your girlfriend. But then it's not like you trying to put yourself out there on the market, like you know I. I mean, it's not I, like long I, you put me on the market. What's going on here? You put me out there in the market. No, I, I don't want to. I was trying to get off the auction block, but oh, she okay. was like, "No, nah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You might yeah. have to give me a warranty." Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "All right." Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I was just gonna have to okay. walk back out there. I thought, "All right." Oh, now she mad at me. You oh no, no, no! It's cool. Wait, 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 wait. Moving on. So you might be this show. Moving on. So, uh, Black Panther, did you get a chance to see that? Yes. Okay. Great. I saw it twice. Um, I really liked it. It was a really good... Um, I saw it three times. Okay. Well, I need to go see it again so oh, I can I and then it see again. it twice more. I need to. So I can one-up you. <laughs> I mean, I'll never get tired of you know, sitting there looking at Michael B. Jordan. But um, it was a really good movie. I really hope that they come out with like a prequel to kind of give like a backstory on Killmonger. And one thing I had saw is funny oh, like that somebody... like the backstory they gave in the movie? No, I want <laughs> I want to see like the pre like leading up to the movie and like how like what like what, what was he doing like all that time he was away. Um, I don't know. Um, growing up in Oakland and becoming an assassin. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that smarty pants. Uh, just like okay, it's just like the whole situation like with the Lion King. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a backstory on Scar. Just like I feel like I want to see a backstory on Killmonger. Like, why wouldn't you want to see like, a backstory on Scar? Because I don't feel like an hour and a half justifies. I would because why was he so envious of Mufasa? Why wasn't Scar? It's a sibling rivalry. You know, okay, but why Why do we not feel, what happened that Mufasa got that, got to be king and not Scar? Like, why did he turn so evil? Evil. Why does he have, like, all well, this? I, w- I would love to see a backstory on, like, their upbringing. <laughs> most common reasons are, one, Mufasa might have been the oldest brother. Two. We don't know that. You're been- making assumptions here. 
Charlemagne. Oh, <laughs> it's Lenard to you. <laughs> Lenard. Uh, no, I, <laughs> um, yeah, that's not worth an hour and a half movie. Sorry. I would I would watch it. I'm pretty sure you would. It was a lot it was. it was. It was a couple scenes. I was like, was. damn, that looked like, remember the uh, scene in Lion King where like a uh, Simba thing was in the tree and shit? I yeah. swear to God that tree was in in that movie. Yeah. I was like, that looked like the scene from Lion King. Matter of fact, it was when uh, T'Challa had went to go see his dad. Yeah. And uh, uh, what was that, sh- them animals that was up in the tree? I was like, this looked like the Lion King. Well, they were both in Africa, so... You know what, African Caesar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I love how you put emphasis on African Caesar. <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, yeah, we don't. Talk <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but Black Panther was a very good movie. I encourage yes. anybody who hasn't seen it by now, even though you should have, to yes. definitely. Um, I thought see it. Don't bootleg it. Don't get it on fire stick. No, man, don't be that guy. Don't, don't Please do don't it. be that guy. Please. Like, you know, I, I I liked it. You know, the only problem I had with the movie wasn't even the movie. It was all these so-called woke folks. Yeah, you know, it's it's so I saw so many posts afterwards and they was like I was so disappointed because I thought it was gonna be about the movement. How the fuck did you think it was about the movement? Like nothing about the oh, the previews or anything like that Told led you. you to believe that this shit was about the Black Panther Party, like at all. Like yeah. it was a Marvel movie. It's about a superhero and yo ass. Like hell yeah, I'm about to go. You know, dressing up, looking like a fucking activist and all of that. Like what, why? Why you know, it's you funny think it was about that? It's funny though because half those people ain't did nothing active. Like no. ever, but two things I want to point out about Black Panther. One is the fact that, like, going back to the whole woke folks thing, is that I felt like people were just being contrarians just to be contrarians, right? And that doesn't make you look woke. It makes you look like an asshole for trying mm-hmm. to find something negative and something so positive, right? Yeah. Um. Two, shout out to Stanley, and this is why, you know. And I know people go, "Oh, why the white guy?" Well, first of all, he created Black Panther, right? And he didn't have to. Even in the original comics, Wakanda was like the most civilized, most advanced uh, country on the planet. Mm -hmm. Even in the 60s, or was it the 60s or 70s? Even back then, Mm -hmm. he didn't have to do that. He could have easily been like, okay, the Black Panther ate this and he got superpowers. Or a meteor hit him, you know what I'm saying? He got powers. Like, you know what I'm saying? For him to create that story about black people, about Africa, there's a white guy, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, once again, I that. know there's going to be some woke folks like, oh, we're giving this white dude credit for some black. T-? Look, I'm happy for anyone that looks to put black people uh, in a position where we're not just slaves, where we're not just gangsters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For anybody, white, black or whatever, that portrays black people in a positive light, mm-hmm. uh, you are down with me and I am down with you. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I think. Once again, being contrarians just for the sake of being contrarians doesn't make you educated. Does it? it just makes you an asshole, and uh, nobody likes an asshole. I mean, you're pretty cool though. Ooh. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I want to start cracking so, my knuckles. So another thing that uh, I don't want to say necessarily went on this week because we've been dealing with auntie shit for you know a while now. Yeah. Miss Monique. Um, <laughs> Sister Monique on uh, the Breakfast Club this week. Uh, this week, you know, in her back and forth debate with Charlemagne, she did not understand why her brother would, you know, make her uh, donkey <laughs> fucking day. First of all, she need to be a fucking donkey times two after this interview because yeah. my thing is, it's like, okay, you know, 
one thing I can't I can't take away from her. She is standing up for what the fuck she believe in. Go ahead. You stand by your word. You're not backing down. I applaud that shit. That's fine. But at the same time, the point she's trying to make and all the questions she kept asking, I was like, you sound fucking crazy. Like the one thing out of that whole little interview and out of this whole little situation that I did agree on with her, and it's just literally the only thing I agreed on, is when she said, you know, that they told her, the conditions under her getting, you know, the deal was that, okay, you take this $500,000, you can't do any uh, comedy specials or do any type of stand-up or anything for allegedly. two years. Right, allegedly, for two years. And then she's like, well, fuck that because that's not even what I make in two years. You're telling me to sit down to take less money on what I would have been doing without y'all. Why would I do that? Okay, sis, I completely understand that. But at the same time, when she kept saying, just like, it's so funny because Charlamagne asked her this shit. I felt like every two minutes and she still never gave an answer. Why the fuck do you feel like you deserve more than what they offered you or not even necessarily that? Why do you feel like you worth the 13 or whatever million that she right. was you know, saying? And she never really gave no answer besides saying, like, here's my resume. I just want to meet her and ask her, like, sis, in your fucking resume, compared to Amy Schumer, Dave Chappelle, and Chris Rock, out of your resume and theirs, what do you have in there that anybody gives a fuck about currently besides Queens of Comedy and the Parkers? First of all, white people don't give a fuck about the Queens of Comedy and they don't care about the fucking Parkers. Nobody's sitting up present day talking about like, damn, I just sat up and binge watched the Parkers. I was just watching the Queens of Comedy last night. But niggas is watching Dave Chappelle, Chappelle show still to this day. Ain't the Chappelle show like one of the highest selling dvd box sets or some shit like that like you're not pulling numbers like that and then amy schumer whether we think she funny or not she's still out there you know selling out places people and shit like that her. yeah people want to see her she making think she funny either, by the way. right she not funny but it's like <laughs> it's just like okay with uh taylor swift i don't give a fuck about taylor swift but at the same time i'm pretty sure they gonna offer her something as opposed to brandy Right, it's exactly. like it's like Brandy and Thank fucking you. Taylor Swift sitting there going like, back and back and forth. You know, what's like funny? yeah, we love Brandy, but you give you matter to us back then, bitch. We not checking. I'm sorry, we not checking for you right she now. She apologized like she really here, <laughs> but I'm saying, but she like, looked right at me. <laughs> we we not checking for you right now. Like right. this ain't your. If this was back in the '90s when that shit was popping, yeah, that made might have made sense. Like back when UPN and all that shit was out, when the Parkers was out, yeah, you could have went. Back to the table like oh hell no I don't deserve that I deserve this okay cool but Monique and then she's like you keep on saying this about what have you done for me lately and it's not about that it is about That's that show business and also too matter with Dave Chappelle though when he went on his little hiatus and he was gone and shit, at the same time he was still in demand, we still would have paid. You know, we would have been interested in a Dave Chappelle special and he everything. He was still working but, too, though. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like nobody's checking for you like that. You're yeah, you're a legend, but at the same time, you're not a legend that we are really checking for right now. Because any of them queens of comedy right now. If they came on a comedy show, I probably would go see. But at the same time, I'm not in no rush to go see no this, damn Monique. Well, uh, this uh, first of all, like. I feel like there's a laundry list of things I could touch on. But one of the things that really bothered me, and I think what Charlemagne was getting to, was that she was conflating real issues that real mm -hmm. people are dealing with yep. and, and adding it to her situation, right? And in, a, in the process, you end up trivializing those issues, right? And, you know, people are like, well, Viola Davis is going through this. So Just because Viola Davis is going through that doesn't mean Monique is going through that. Exactly. Just because it's like... 
two kids in class. One kid, going back to the knowledge I gave you earlier, just because they both failed doesn't mean that they both tried. You know right, what I'm exactly. Like one probably didn't try and the other one did, mm-hmm. you know? But going back to, you know, Monique, like, she, and you see this a lot with people where they try to manipulate the narrative where they continue to move the goalposts. So her initial anger was, is gender and race bias. But then people are like, wait a minute, Dave Chappelle's black. Chris Rock is black. They got paid. Oh, well, uh, Amy Schumer, my career is better than hers. Well, like you said, show business is about what are you doing now? Are you bankable now? We're not talking yeah. about you bankable 10 years ago. Right. Are you bankable now? Amy Schumer, for whatever reason, is. And Monique, you're not. Yeah. Then it became, oh, well, now it's specifically black female comedians. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. goalposts continue. Gets, and it's yeah. like, you know, and it's like you get paid based off your talent right now. Netflix is like, if we give you this money, can we recoup that plus more? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Monique, we give you $13 million. Are you going to do $13 million worth of business? Fuck no. No. That's what it comes down to. It has nothing to do yeah. with their race. Because Shonda Rhimes and I forgot somebody else is getting over $100 million. Those are black women. You know why? Because they're talented black women who've shown that they make good shows. I forgot. I don't know the names of the shows, but mm-hmm. I know they write for a lot of shows, and those shows are hot right now. Right. Who's signing up for Netflix? Brand new for Monique. For fucking Monique. If you, go, exactly. if you see that shit Nobody. come up. Right. If you see it come up and you like brand new, this in now, this a Monique special, you might be like, oh, I'll get to that shit when I get to it. But you ain't about to be like, fuck, I'm about to watch this right now. Like, you know not press the She gave a disingenuous analogy the other day, too. And during that interview, she was talking about the movie that, uh, what's that This Christmas. Name? This Christmas and then the Amy Schumer movie. Amy oh, yeah. Schumer was the star of her movie. Nobody yes. was watching. This nobody Christmas was that movie for, for Monique. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So I exactly. Felt like yes. that's, I felt like she was disingenuous as far as the context yep. in which those movies yep. were. And I was listening thinking the same thing because she kept on saying, she's like, well, I my movie this Christmas, I that said, wasn't that, wasn't movie. Movie. that wasn't your movie. The last movie you kind of had was precious. was precious and even you weren't really the star in that movie right. we were all focused on Gabrielle yeah. so it's like you she kept she kept focusing on her damn resume when it's like what the fuck do you have in your resume that you feel like it's just that one thing that we like oh yeah she right she did this Dave Chappelle could come to the table and talk about his resume all day when all we really need to see is I did Chappelle show that's enough he, she don't have nothing like that. But if like Dave that. Chappelle was not funny now, he would not be getting... That's the thing. Dave Chappelle is still funny. Yeah. Dave Chappelle is still relevant. Yeah, and she kept saying, like, well, they uh, they offered me this amount after they see that I got standing ovations and I sell out, I sold out these uh, bars, these clubs, clubs and shit. You sold out clubs. She's they selling out arenas. arenas. Like, You're selling out fucking clubs. Like, I can go sell out McDonald's all day, but they over there... Don't order sell- nuggets, though. <laughs> God. Like, you... <laughs> Like, it was just crazy to me that she, I'm like, you know, you keep on saying you feel like you deserve something, but at the same time, it's like, I can't knock you for feeling like you deserve more. That's, you know, that's, that's on you. But at the same time, you have to really realize what (laughs) you're asking for. Like, you, I don't, man, that shit just, it was crazy. This is what, and like, honestly, nobody, I'm pretty sure nobody thought about this. And it's something I've learned, right? When you ain't got no money, right? Like, you'll do certain things for money, right? And certain things mean more to you because you ain't got it. And the more money you make, like, so for instance, right now, right, I'm making pretty decent money. I I feel like I'm humble bragging right now, but I make decent money, right? So when I remember when I was broke, I took any job. I worked as many hours as I could, right, to make more money. Now that I'm comfortable and I make enough, (laughs) you can't, there's not enough over, there's not enough money you can pay me to do overtime. Because it's like, I don't need it. Why? I'm comfortable, right? 
So with Monique, and I'm not even allegedly making as much money as she is. I don't know how much money she's making, but all I know is that, so let's just say Netflix was like, we're going to give you this 500000 you can't work for two years. Right. right? If I'm making more than $500,000 in two years, I'm not sweating the Netflix deal. Because I'm making more money. It's like, yeah, what's 500000 to me? I don't need yeah, that. Exactly. I'll walk away from it. Like, what is exactly. it? You know what I'm saying? I ain't sweating it. That ain't nothing. So the fact that you sweating it makes me think that you are you need this. You know what I'm saying? And you then she, and then she brought it up because she said, like, you know, when they feel like, you know, you aren't relevant right now and you aren't doing anything, they could just offer you anything because they, they feel like you're hurting for money because nobody's checking for you so we can give you whatever the fuck. That's exactly your circumstance because nobody's, nobody's checking for you. Okay, let me ask you a question real quick. Everybody knows LeBron James, right? Let's just say LeBron James becomes a free agent at the end of the year. What's going to happen? Multiple teams are going to come at him with offers, right? Yeah. Right? Nobody's going to say uh, we're going to give you uh, the <laughs> veterans minimum. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, it, like, it's not going to be a situation where like only the New Jersey Nets are like, okay, here's 400000 Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, or, or, he's older, right? So you're not going to max. But the, people are going to offer him money. He's going to get multiple offers. Yeah. Outside of Netflix – Who's offering Monique any money? But they also go, I'm not give you an offer of a max because I know you got a certain lifetime. Exactly. So she need to realize her lifetime. But yeah. I mean, but my point is the fact that nobody else outside of Netflix is offering you any money should be an indicator as to how relevant you are. Because if you are as hot as you think you are, HBO will be coming at you, Voodoo, Hulu, Amazon, all these yeah. other different streaming devices. Uh, or, or these streaming networks, YouTube, Facebook. Yeah. LeVar Ball has a show on Facebook. Do you mean Noah can't get one? Yeah, because that's the thing. Like if you like you said, if you feel like you as hot as you are, and they like, oh hell no, they offer her five hundred thousand. Let's get her on the line. Hey, Start look, a we about war. to open. Yeah, we about to offer you such and such. Like she need to do something. Like she not. She just you going around. Talking about this shit to everybody, like, watch. I bet you it's gonna be probably the end of the year or next year. She the gonna fact, have a, she gonna be on tour, and it's gonna be the basis of her fucking show. The fact that's what it's gonna the, be. Like, she deserves respect because she is a legend. She deserves respect because she does have a resume. However, everything has a shelf life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Your career in the last however many years has not been hot. What like okay? So I feel like the only thing I really remember Monique being in since Precious was that. Almost Christmas or this Christmas, whatever this shit was called. It wasn't her movie. When I went to see it, I remember I saw it at the theaters. I wasn't sitting there like ready to see Monique. Like I didn't go see that shit for you. Like I feel like none of the movies she's really been in have really like been her movies. Like she tried to say, besides Precious. And again, like her, your resume really isn't shit. And then it's crazy because she was like, I'm the most decorated, you know, comedian. Okay, but see, whatever. I, I mean, you, once again, context. Right. Once again, context, because there's a lot of artists who have not gotten a proper due. Biggie is one of the greatest rappers ever. Does, has never won a Grammy. Angela Bassett never won an Oscar. No, so is she not a great. Is she not a great actor? Right, she one of the fucking greats, and she ain't never so won has, an act. That has uh, to be uh, Oscar. There has to be context and nuance added to this thing. Too many times we have these complex, complex conversations about complex issues. We don't apply nuance. We give like hot takes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like okay. This, that, or whatever. We ended with that. We try to end debates with one-liners, and no, that's not how it works. In the case of Monique, yes, there is gender bias. Yes, there is racial bias. However, just because it happens to 
people, other people, doesn't mean it's happening to you in this situation. Yep. And that's what the word conflating comes in because you are taking real issues that other people are going through and trying to apply it to your situation as if they are comparable. They are not. Yeah. And, and she and then she kept uh, they kept asking her. She's like, you know what? What black female comedian has a Netflix special? I'm pretty sure Tiffany Haddish shit is coming. I guarantee she. But before one. Tiffany Haddish, though, what black com- female comedian was really popping like that? Because before Tiffany Haddish, the black comedian that was everywhere was fucking Kevin Hart. Yeah. Like nobody. Like before Tiffany Haddish, it was Kevin Hart. But before that, it was like. Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams. I guess you could it's, say Whoopi Goldberg, but there was no Netflix back then. Yeah, so. and then it really, like, before Tiffany, I feel like it really hasn't, it's not Netflix, like, I don't feel like it's their fault. Like, it just hasn't been nobody that's really been out there, like, really right. pumping like that before Tiffany. So she kept on trying to make that an issue or, like, that, you know, the forefront of her argument. Like, what about, you know, the black female communities? It's like, who the fuck, like, was out there for real, like, doing shit? Like, nobody, honestly. So, I don't know. Like, she just, I feel like at this point, she just liked to hear herself talk. She going to go around funny? saying the same argument. Like, when Dave Chappelle, or not, well, when Netflix announced they had a Dave Chappelle special, everybody was talking about that. That shit was trending on Twitter, right? I guarantee you, if they had announced we're doing a morning special, people would have been like, Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> like, yeah, it, and there be certain people on there that be having Netflix specials that I don't even be knowing until I go on Netflix. Like, oh, okay. Like Cedric. Cedric had one. I'm like, oh, Cedric got it. All right, cool. Right, and I think he's one of the funniest people on the planet too. But like, yeah, but nobody you know. was like saying like rushing to watch that. Shit. No, nobody like, was dying to see that. But Dave Chappelle is one of those. He has crossover value. Like he's become, uh, I guess, an icon of comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so is Chris Rock. Chris Rock, once again, he has a resume, but he's remained relevant. Just like yep. Jay-Z. He's re- you, know what, you know what she reminds me of? Ja Rule. Ja Rule has a resume. People forget Ja Rule had hits. We talk about Ja Rule. Murder, Inc. Murder, Inc. People need to go back. Like, you know, Murder, Inc. was like that label in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking for Ja Rule's. Nobody right. wants to, nobody's checking for Ja Rule's music. Nobody, if they had a concert right now at the Little Caesars Arena, they would not sell they out. They would not sell out. You know what I'm saying? They and need so, to be at St. Andrew. Right. So resume only means something if you are able to still produce. Like even my resume, right? As an electrician. If I can't do the work, it don't matter. Yeah, they're not gonna pay me just because yeah. I used to be able to do the work. Like, right. no, you need to be able to do the work now. Yeah. And if she's not bankable now, it don't matter how many shows you have. And this is so crazy how I feel like that is just such common sense. And she, when somebody brings that shit up to her, she's like, no, that resume, doesn't matter. Resume. Yes, the fuck it does. Resume matter. gets you in the door. Resume gets you. The interview. Right. That's just, I was just about to say, it's just like going to a job interview. You could say, yeah, I know Microsoft, you know, Outlook and yeah. all this other shit. And I know, you know, Excel and PowerPoint. And they're like, okay, cool. They bring you in and then they sit your ass down at the desk like, okay, create this PowerPoint presentation. you like, well, you know, I did that at my job 10 years ago. It's like, no, motherfucker. Like, like you yeah. said. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, how you. People yeah. not paying you because you used to, once again, like you used to be good. Like. Everybody falls off. Michael Jackson fell off at one point. You know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, he had that concert at the end, but that was his farewell tour. And yeah. everybody wanted to just say, I went to a Michael Jackson concert, mm-hmm. right? So that's where all the hype came in at. But, you know, like everybody has a shelf life. I mean, the great, the greatest to ever do whatever it is that they did had a shelf life. Yeah. And, you know, at some point, they, you know, right now, like Bruno Mars is the hottest thing going. You know what I'm saying? There's other legends. Smokey Robinson is a legend. Mm-hmm. Well, more people are going to go see Bruno Mars right now 
This Monkey Robinson. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, he helped build Motown. Like, all the songs he used to write. Like, you know what I'm saying? This dude is a national treasure. But right now, who's more relevant? Yep. Bruno. So I, I just think people need to put context. I just think with us as black folk, because we do ride for our own, because we are disenfranchised so much, the tendency is to conflate it with racism. And I think... That's good and bad. You know what I'm saying? It's good that we do that that we do support us ourselves like that, but at the same time it can be bad because you end up trivializing real racism mm-hmm. when you apply it to situations that it don't need to be applied in. That's absolutely true. Now, so I feel like we done talked about Auntie a little bit enough. Like I'm I'm over her and her crazy ass antics. So what are you talking about me and you? So you know, <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, so my shot five for this week because I didn't do one on my previous episode, so I want to get back into that. So with African Caesar in the building today, <laughs> I would like to, you know, have my shot five this week is what are five of your Say how favorite, you said on the phone. What are five of your favorite <laughs> shoes in your collection, Caesar? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, man, okay. I hate people ask me this, too, because I always... Good. You know what I'm saying? Because, like... It's funny, when I'm not thinking about my top five, I can name off, like, but then when somebody asks me, I always feel like I'm on the spot. Um, but like you, uh, I'm into the Air Jordan 1s, like, heavy. Like, the Jordan 1s are, like, the easiest shoes to wear. You ain't even got to match. Uh, yeah. They're comfortable, and they just dope. They just look dope, right? I know. You like mine? All pants. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> All pants work with them. Exactly, right? Yeah. You can't go wrong with a pair of Air Jordan 1s. It's just, it's just the most universal shoe ever. Um, so I've been saying the Air Jordan 1, if I had to pick a particular colorway that is my hands down favorite. I know I got my shattered backboards on right now, but I'm gonna say the reverse shattered backboards. Cause something about orange. Like I was never a big orange fan growing up, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just a certain way they put the orange on there. It's just it's dope. just funny because you sitting here with an orange t shirt on. I know I'm looking like a pumpkin. But <laughs> uh so that'd be one. Um well, actually, I was had to because part of me feels like you know somebody's like, oh my god, he likes newer shoes. Why do you pick an OG color? It's my list, not yours. Uh, I think so. Number two on my list, I'm gonna say the Reebok Question. I just love. Mm. I remember as a kid, man, when those dropped, it was yes. like, man, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think which would be my favorite colorway at all. I'm gonna have, mm, man. I, shout out to uh, D. Wells. He sent me a shoe that like nobody else has. They didn't come out of stores. So I'm special, uh, but I'm gonna have to. I, you know, I'm gonna go with OG color on those. I'm gonna say the blue toes. Yeah. The pearlized blue joints. Uh, and I, it was I, funny story with that real quick. I remember when they first dropped. I was at church. Right. This is before Twitter and social media and stuff. And they got an accidental shipment at Eastland. My church was in Roseville. And word spread. I can't, man, at least 20 dudes got up in the middle of service <laughs> to get in cars to go to Eastland. I just, and I went with them. I wasn't even getting a pair. I just wanted to go. I just thought it was funny that here everybody assembled for church, and then all it took was the sneakers are at Eastland. And it was like, excuse me, they put up the church finger. <laughs> you know, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> and it made their way to the exit. Uh, so that, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and shout out to my church for taking me to see Happy Gilmore. By the way, too. Anybody see Happy Gilmore? My church took me to go see that. Wow. Real quick. This is back when you had to read the newspaper to see what the movies were out. And all it said, all it said in the newspaper was hockey player 
plays golf to save his grandmother's house. That's all it said. I remember that day. I remember that to this day. And they took us thinking it was going to be this feel-good movie. <laughs> and it turns out to be what it was. Um, my third shoe, whoo, man. Uh, man. I'm going to have to say the Black Cement 3s. Mm-hmm. Those are just classic. Just, I mean, that might be the dopest shoe ever made, to be honest. Yeah, that, that, that hands yeah. down. The dopest shoe ever made. That shoe is just so classic. And it literally saved Nike. So, uh, so what is that, four? It's three. Three, okay. Yeah, one, two, three. Uh, uh, man, four, I'm going to go with. Dang, I hate people put me on the spot. You know what? I'm going to go with um, the Victor Cruz joints. Those have grown on me. I remember um, those first came out. I really liked them. Huh? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I like that that tortoise shell on the on the heel. Yeah, them boys is nice. Rena Center. Uh, no, Rena Center is calling me. So I'm going to go with those. This is my top five as right now. I watch it change like in another month or so. And then number five, um, I'm trying to be fair. Uh, be fair to who? Or what? You know, I'm going to say this right now. Like As of right now, I got it. The LeBron 15s, they, they, they grew on me because at first I hated them. But then I saw my person, I was like, yo, these are nice. And they might be the most be- comfortable basketball shoes I've ever worn in my life. Mm. No, no, I, t- I can't. No, uh, uh, I want to go with something classic. I take that back. Scratch that off my list. I am going to go with. Motherfucker. I can't think of a shoe. Actually, I'm going to go to Phone Posit, actually. The Royal Blue Phone Posits. Because I remember as a kid, I remember when I first dropped. And it was just like, wow. Like, it, that shoe was just so. Ahead of his time. And, you know, people don't appreciate it. I do. Um, so I'm going to go with the phone deposit. Okay. All right. So my the Bella Fives, too. I could have. Bella Fives. What? Bella Fives. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my five favorite shoes that I have in my collection uh, right now. Uh, hands down. First one, uh, I'll start off with a LeBron. My Big Bang Nines. Mm. I love those. I love. Huh? LeBron nines are probably my favorite nines. And then I'll have to say my second one. Well, maybe I'll say they're both my, they can both be number one. My, uh, no, 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 don't do that 1A, 1B stuff. No, I don't. Okay. No. Because I like my Big Bang nines and then I also like my South Beach nines. Okay. Okay. One, two. So, um, also, too, another uh, all star shoe. I like my, uh, my area 72 kds i really like those those are super comfortable they look different like i feel like every time i wear those i never go anywhere and see somebody with a similar looking shoe on like the colorway is different like the color like lime green or whatever that is is like just different like the shoe itself just catch your eye like i really like those so those are my two um i still have my um what is those are nice them kds are trash what you I know what pissed me off? Real quick, I'm going to interrupt your list. <laughs> I told Nike this to their face. I was so pissed at them for trying to pass off them KD9 Elites as KD10s. And it's the same shoe. It's the same shoe. I'm like, yo, like, get out of here with that trash. <laughs> and um, Sorry. Right. I'm going to continue because I'm ready to continue, not because you told me to continue. So I'm just going to put that out there. Continue. Okay. So anyway, like I said, <laughs> <laughs> number three, I'll say... Um, uh, I will go with my white and wheat Jordan 13s. 
I love those shoes. I just really like them. Like, I feel like the wheat color is just so. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) And then number four, I will say um, my up-tempos, the black with the white. Those are like my favorite up-tempos. Okay, you you say They're comfortable. You say it yourself. What? Like, this is the most hype beast list. No, it's not. I've ever heard in my life. No, it's not. And also, too, and these are like one of my favorite shoes. Uh, my period. Nike Max. Uh, no. No. <laughs> my favorite. Well, let me take that back. Uh, okay. These are like one of my favorite shoes, period. My black and purple CB94s. They're okay. super comfortable. Okay. I always wanted them. Like, I just love how they look on, especially just those. And it's funny because purple is not one of my favorite colors at all. But that shoe, I had to have in the black, purple, and white. Like, that's my favorite. That's damn near the only colorway of those shoes that I really like. And Dang, he came out with some iridescent chuck posits a couple years ago. $95 when they dropped. That shit was unheard of. It's crazy. But those are comfortable, too. It's like, I, I wear them one day, like... I'm waiting for the summer to hit again. Those shoes pop. What? It's some iridescent. I can't remember. I think it's Purple Haze. Purple Haze Chuck Posit. Mm-hmm. Look them up. The shoe basically is not foam posit material, but it looks like it. Mm-hmm. It's iridescent. And then it got 3M like on it. I what you're talking about. Man, I wore them in San Francisco. Everybody was like, yo, what are those? And I was like, yeah, that's right. Oh my god. So what is your what would you say is your favorite shoe of like all time? Do you have one? <sighs> that I mean do I have to have it? Or just No, just all time. time. Mm-hmm. I think the greatest shoe of all time, I gotta say the Air Jordan three. Like I just, I just think it's so significant and it's just so dumb. You gotta think too, like a lot of, like I think people lose appreciation over time. Like go back to the nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. Like sneakers were either high tops and low tops, and they were basically they were very generic and basic looking. And then all of a sudden, you got this Air Jordan Three, and they got the elephant print, and it's a mid cut, and they got the visible air unit, and then they got the Jumpman logo on it on the top. Yeah, like everything about that shoe. And shout out to Tinker Hatfield. Like that shoe is just as so as far as fashion is so. Far ahead of its time. Like now, you know, they got all types of crazy looking sneakers now, so it kind of gets lost in the sauce. But go back to the night, like, you know what I'm saying? Like people, you know, I think because we, you become desensitized because you see so much now that you don't have appreciation for what it was like back then. And uh, like I told someone the other day, like James Brown is the greatest, like, entertainer ever. Like, there's nobody, oh no. I'm like, look. Go back to the 50s. Nobody was doing what James were like to create that level of entertainment out of nowhere. Like you could do that now because you've seen a James Brown. You've seen a Michael Jackson. So you have a blueprint. He made the blueprint. You know what I'm saying? And so I think Tinker made the blueprint for like fashionable sneakers. And I mean, he hit the the biggest home run on the first on his first Air Jordan. I mean, he made the Air Max before that. But Ooh, that was close. <laughs> but you know what though? That, like I feel like I give it to the three even then because I feel like the four still took like a lot, a lot from the three, like the back heel tab and the side part. So it's a, it's not exactly identical, but it's it, it takes cues from the three. Um, but man, like the the three, man. But I, I but like it's funny I say the three, but then. The most shoes I have in my collection of one shoe is the Air Jordan One. 
I got like almost 30 pairs of those. <laughs> she had this look in her face. Oh man, she wanted to leave. Like oh, she just got God. her first pair of ones today. So you know. First of all, because we're not about to talk about this. Oh, it's your shot. We're not gonna talk about it because, like, you. So we're not gonna talk about just like you're not gonna talk about I'm your boyfriend. Huh? Okay, so as far as <laughs> <laughs> what I feel like <laughs> my, my favorite shoe of all time. Wait, people feel like thinking like oh, he's just playing. Like, no, I'm dead serious. I claimed off for waivers. So, my favorite shoe of all time, <laughs> and I feel I go back and forth all the time, but veterans minimal. It's between two shoes. It's either the cool gray nines, just because I really it's something about how that shoe looks on, especially on a man. It's so I don't know. Like when I see a man foot in them, it's they're so sexy to me. And so I gotta get a pair of cool gray nines. <laughs> I have two pair, but you know you can't wear Ooh. one. And uh, the Bordeaux Sevens. Oh, I really trash. like the Bordeaux. I could trash. no, trash. absolutely not. Trash. I literally feel trash. like I could wear the Bordeaux every day. Trash. Like I try to make them match with everything. Like I like the colorway. I love probably because gray is one of my favorite colors. That's why I picked two gray base shoes. shoes. Yeah. But I really like the Bordeaux. Like they're a super comfortable shoe. They very lightweight. Yeah. I like the colors because they close to like. They remind me of almost like camo, and I fucking love camo. Like the my phone case is camo, but yeah, I see. it's just something. It's just something about the Bordeaux Sevens that just Trash. I love them, and I like how they look on too. I like how they look on kids, how they look on men, how they look on me. Trash. Like they just are. Nobody's hating on your shoes. You can't. What you gonna say? What, what can you say about my shoes? <laughs> what can you say about my I shoes? Love, you can't say anything about my I shoes. I love the Bordeaux Sevens, but. So what would you feel like, in your opinion, then, is the worst shoe like that was created? Which Yeezys. Jordan 2. Jordan no, 2? No, no. That's the most underrated shoe. I love Jordan 2. That's the most, but the oh, only, man. But the one thing about Jordan 2, the only Jordan 2 that I really care about is the white, black, and red, like the original like colors. Like, that's the only one I really care about. Other than that, like, I hate the lows. I don't like the low, I love top. the low tops. I don't. I got a pair of them. Your uh, feet are, you wear like a size 24 and you like the low top? So my feet are taller than you. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm about to eat your food. The, <laughs> I did buy you some extra string beans though. The string, that's you. I got to take over her I show like so she hot, can eat my the food. the mid ones. But I like the Jordan 2. I think the Jordan 2 is so underrated. It's so underappreciated. I just think it's just ridiculous. Um, but the ugliest shoes are the easiest by far. Which ones? All of them. No, I, no, the ones with Adidas. I can say all of them. The ones with Nike. I wasn't really crazy with the ones with Nike, but they was decent. Mm -hmm. The ones with Adidas was like trash. Like, first of all, the, the 750 looked like a woman's Ugg boot. <laughs> yeah, zipper and stuff. And But it's just crazy, like... First of all, Adidas knew what they was doing when they did that. First of all, they created a vacuum because they only made so many limited. They made so many pairs that became limited. We all know the more limited something is, the higher the demand. Mm -hmm. So more people wanted them, and most people that wanted them was resellers, right? Because nobody, you know, nobody's buying them to wear them. And if, <laughs> it's funny because I went to SneakerCon recently, and like almost everybody in my was wearing Yeezys, and I'm like, all these ain't real. <laughs> like they yeah. ain't even make that many pairs. So. Like unless they all unless they only sold this colorway in this city, then you know there's no way. But I just think, and I think that's the society we live in right now, where you can attach your name 
to anything. It could be absolute trash. And people are like, I got to buy that because Kanye said buy it or because I'm a fan of Kanye. And well, you know, it used to be a time where you could be a fan of something and be objective. Now, in order to be a fan, you have to like everything that person does. Yeah, because I was definitely a big fan of Cash Money and I was highly objective to Birdman Lugs. Like, those those are trash. Good. Absolutely. Yeah, it was like yeah. They're like, probably like the worst shoe ever. I feel like. I just think, like, I, I, I honestly worse than those shoes. If, if, let's just say Adidas came out with the Yeezys but didn't call them Yeezys and didn't attach Kanye's name to them and they released that shoe, that shoe would be sitting on shelves across the country. I like these new ones. Which ones? Uh, the, the, the new ones are just released. The Yeezys. Three yeah. fifties. And, and you know what's funny? The Yeezys look oh, just yeah, like yeah. Roshis. Nobody's dying to go get Roshis. Yeah, they remind me of those. Like they, I feel like they're just the end. And what I tell you earlier, like the Ultra Boost, nobody was dying for the Ultra Boost. The Ultra Boost was out like a year and a half before Kanye wore them, and then Kanye wears them. All of a sudden, people got to have them. So, I mean, I buy shoes. I mean, you know, you do want to wear Jordans because Jordan wear them. Wore mm-hmm. them. But I feel like it's a pie chart, right? The main reason I buy the shoe is because I like it. Like, we just talked about the Bordeaux, right? That's a Jordan shoe. I hate those, right? So, like, I have the ability to say I don't like those shoes despite the fact that Michael Jordan wore them or the, despite the fact they're yeah, Jordans. Are the ones I like. And I don't think people have that ability nowadays. I think kids are just prone to, I'm a fan of this, so everything they come up with, it's I got to have It's funny that you brought that up because I was talking to somebody about that, and I feel like people – like when people talk about music artists mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, I'm a diehard fan of such and such. And I feel like everything this person did was just absolutely amazing. I'm like, well, if you can't really go through and critique that person as an artist and say, like, you know what? This wasn't their best project or I didn't really care for that. How can you really call yourself a, a fan? Just like, you know, in a friendship, if you feel like everything your friend does is just absolutely right. And there's nothing that, that. <laughs> that they've ever done wrong. Right. Like, no, you you're absolutely that's not genuine. And I feel that way about like when uh like when I had this argument, which I feel like is an easy common sense argument about Jay Z and saying his worst album was Kingdom Come. And people were like, What? What are you talking about? Like I agree. I can say, like, and I always say Jay Z is my favorite rapper, and I but I can still sit here and tell you, like, you know, this is what I feel like is my favorite, but this is what I feel like was trash. And they like what? How can you say that? Everything he's ever done. I'm like, you're not about to sit here and try to sell me on that garbage ass album. Like, no, as a real fan, I can tell you that that shit is, is trash. Accountability is what makes people great. And that goes back to the argument we was having. Accountability. I give you a perfect example of right now, right? I am a huge Eminem fan. Huge Eminem fan, right? But if I had to be honest, that last album was garbage. 15 years no, 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 no. Now, I will say this. I will say this as far as what rap is concerned, right? You can have bars but have bad songs. Yep. Right? Man, having bars does not mean you have a good song. This is why Jay-Z is so great and Nas has not gotten the same attention. Nas has better bars, but Jay-Z is better at making songs. He's better at making albums. Like, he has bars, too. Mm-hmm. So Jay-Z is more of the... Entire, he's more of the complete package, I you know. Exact argument in the same room. So, so we agree. <laughs> but Eminem, I, I, Eminem has always had bars, and honestly, I liked his, I liked his last few albums. You know what I'm saying? This last album was complete trash, complete. And that's me being, you know what? I'm a fan of Eminem, but you gotta hold these people accountable because otherwise, if you don't, they continue to give you garbage because nobody's saying you gotta do better. And what happened? People went at him. Chloroseptic Remix comes out, and he absolutely 
That might be the greatest verse. I still haven't listened to it. I'm sorry. Hey, you keep on telling me to listen to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might be the hard. I'm not gonna say it's the greatest verse. There's other verses that are greater, but I mean, it's been it's probably far the hottest verse I have heard in a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm hard pressed to think of a better one at this moment, but. That's my point. When you hold people's feet to the fire and you hold them accountable, what do they do? They either fall off or they do better. Could y'all hear me crunching that chicken? Yes. Oh, you, no, you didn't. Yep, I heard all of it. Oh, I just want the world to know that you told me it that. It sounded like somebody was walking through the snow in my ear. Oh, really? Yeah. Let me do it again. Keep going. Go ahead. Uh, but that's my point. Are you, somebody, <laughs> we got to get. Can we? Is there no way we can play that? Like, the, how do you how have you not heard that that song yet? I'll listen to it when I leave. Okay. I, mean, I would make sure I would get in the car with you <laughs> after we have our talk about how you left me in the code by not, oh by not claiming me. So, <laughs> are, are you ever going to claim me on the show? Or are we just going to. I'm going to come on your show and we're going to make a public service announcement. So, in some way, that's an endorsement, I guess. So. Like, damn, I had to beg, though. Like, I don't even like, edit that shit out. Like, I you didn't even, have to. What are you talking about? I had to, like, plead. Please. Please. No, you didn't. I had to constantly bring it up for you even to feel moved enough to, like, all right, I'll come to your show and claim you. You know what? I'm inviting myself on your show. You didn't even invite me. I, so I didn't invite you? So nope. what was you supposed to be at last Saturday? You know what? <laughs> right. <laughs> See? No, because, okay. Where, where, where were you supposed to be at? In the bed sleep. Oh, okay. So there's no, so there's no text message with me giving you the address? You know, I I don't I don't recall. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So, as far as the wor- the term "quote unquote" sneakerhead, like, what does that actually mean to you? Like, how do you, what would you define that as? Or like, what does it have any any meaning to you at all? Like, what what how does that word? Like, I, I, well, first of all, I'm just trying to get over the fact that you turned into like Mark Furman. <laughs> like, I, I don't recall. I plead the fifth. Uh, like, did you say those racist things on the tape? I plead the fifth. Uh, but okay, what's your question again? I I had this response in my head. I wasn't listening. What do I think of a sneakerhead? Yeah, like what is what does that word mean to you? Or like, how do you how would you define a sneakerhead? Because you know everybody feel like they're a quote unquote no. sneakerhead. Okay, so extent. I feel like there's three levels to it, right? I feel like mm-hmm. there's a collector. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a sneakerhead, and then I feel like there's a hype beast, right? Yeah. I feel like a sneakerhead is like the combination of collector and hype beast. You got a little bit of both in you, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so a collector is looking at it strictly through like historical terms. Like they looking at okay, like was this sneaker significant in history? I gotta have that. You know what I'm saying? Like they're looking at it strictly like that. They're not necessarily looking at it. Do I like it? They just like okay, like they're looking to build a collection that tells the history of sneakers, right? Mm-hmm. A sneakerhead has a little bit of that thought process too but at the same time they like yo like them trash I ain't necessarily gotta have those mm-hmm. or I like these so I gotta have them you know what I'm saying so it is, it's more nuanced to their decision making as far as uh, what sneakers to buy and I call myself a sneaker head because I you know I, I I'm well, once again I have a little bit of both in me like um, more so collector than you know hypebeast probably uh, hypebeast you know because a hype beast, here's the thing about a hype beast. A hype beast, they're going to buy whatever they think everybody else is thinking yep. is hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, once again, they think, so if everybody's saying Yeezys are hot, they're buying Yeezys, right? I'll give you a perfect example. So, on that whole way, Yeezy jumped over the Jumpman and stuff, everybody's wearing Yeezys. Everybody. Jordan Brand is dead. Woo, woo, woo. Right? But then, next thing you know, now Jordan's hot. Now they switch back. Now you got people talking about they getting rid of the Yeezys. 
Like, people went from getting rid of Jordans to get Yeezys, now getting rid of Yeezys to get Jordans. And I just think that's, like, you know what I'm saying? If if you that fickle, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to where you move, like, you got people buying stuff that, like, you know. Like, this, like. Come out, yeah. Like Here's the thing, though. Like, everybody got different tastes, right? But there's certain things where you know, like, you only buying that because, you know what I'm saying? For instance, I remember they came out with a Michael, uh, Supreme came out with a Michael Jackson t-shirt. First of all, the picture was, like, this big, right, on his shirt. It was, like, small. And it was just, like, a picture of his face from the Billie Jean, Billie Jean video. But because it was Supreme, people pay, like, up to, like, $300 for that shirt. That's what I'm saying. You know? And so it's, like, you know what I'm saying? That's a hype beast. Like, they doing all that extra stuff just to look cool, just, you know what I'm saying? They, they buy stuff to impress. Mm-hmm. Like, I like at work, like, I have impressive sneakers, so I can't help but be impressive sometimes. But, like, there's times, like this winter, I ain't give a shit about what shoes I wear. I'm like, because it's funny. First of all, y'all know. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> y'all know if I wanted to, I'll shut this shit down. But... You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, like I like so like I go after a pair of like generic dunks that I really like the same way I go after like some rare Jordans that I really like. You know what I'm saying? Because I like them. You ain't gotta like like I don't need your approval to buy them shoes. It's so funny. I'm glad you said that because I literally just did that this week. Like oh, I bought a <clears> pair <throat> of shoes to impress me? Bought a pair of shoes because I really <laughs> like them. <laughs> Which was I bought Who you like more the shoes than me? <clears throat> You know, it's a close race. Ooh. <laughs> I feel, you know, as fucked up as that sounds, I feel like that's progress. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But it's a pair of shoes that I felt like, I don't know, I just really have always liked the way the shoes look. And I was like, you know what? When I wear them, people probably going to be like, damn. All right. And it was just the, uh, the classic, like, Reebok, the satin mm-hmm. Reeboks, the black and white ones. Right. Like, I just really like how those shoes look like they just really look fresh to me and then when I took them out the box and I seen them in person and I had them in my hand I was like I really like these shoes and I feel like when I actually wear them and I started to wear them today with that panda shirt me and you both discovered we had which is oh, crazy yeah. That's dope. Um, I was like huh no this is crazy because I was talking to him the other day <laughs> let me bring this shit up I feel like I'm making progress this, let me tell you this shit was crazy because we were talking the other day or whatever and <laughs> I told him, I was like, you know, I, I was telling him about how I love graphic T-shirts. Like, right now, I'm sitting here on my Death Row Records shirt. Um, it's pretty cool. It's cooler than Caesar's shirt because he always think, you know. No, it's not. He, it is. but I got mine for free, so. Whatever. So, I was talking about, you know, I just ordered this graphic T-shirt, and it's a black shirt, and it's a wrestling shirt. It says WWF on it, but it has two pandas on it, and one of the pandas is hitting the other panda with, with a steel chair. chair. Yeah. I was like, I really want this shirt because, like, if you weren't into wrestling, like, back when it was WWF, you wouldn't understand what this shirt is. Right. Right. I'm like, you know, this shirt is dope. And before I can even fully describe the shirt, he was like, oh, my God, with the pandas in the steel chair. I was like, how the fuck did you know that? He was like, I got that shirt. I'm like, I have the internet, too. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) But you said you, so you lied. You ain't got the shirt? No, I have the shirt. I'm just saying, like, but you were so surprised that, like. No, I was just, it was funny because it was funny that not that you just knew what shirt I was talking about, but, too, that you was like, I have that shirt. I'm like, what? Yeah, because, I I mean, like you said, like, if you weren't around for that time, you might not get it. But Mm -hmm. the WWF, World Wrestling Federation, World Wildlife Federation, you know, it was a federation, too? It was. World wow. Wildlife, yeah, I think so. So he just changed out wrestling and world wildlife. But me, um, um, 
And it was crazy. Like that whole lawsuit was crazy because it's yeah. like, think we gonna mix this, this shit up? like, like we exactly right, like, we got confused. We, 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 that shit was crazy. So yeah, but my opinion. Unless Panda's like, really wrestling, I mean, <laughs> they might be. Have enough money to win that shit. That's, that's right. I was like, man. But imagine how crazy that would have been if the W, if the wrestling. Like events would have won that shit over the, you know, it would have been some crazy people. Like, the well, they did sign that contract important. though. Yeah, that's what. That's how they lost it. They had signed a deal with the WW with the World Wildlife Federation to where they would share the name, but they wouldn't overexpose the WWF. You know, moniker, and they, you know, how that was in the nineties. They went crazy. Yeah, that shit was everywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was everywhere. So my uh, opinion on when it comes to like a sneakerhead, to me, I feel like it's all a matter of quality versus quantity, mm-hmm. because basically. You can have, like, anybody call themselves a sneakerhead, and you can have, like, oh, I got 100 pair of shoes. I'm a sneakerhead. Like, okay, well, if you got 100 pair of shoes, but don't none of them mean shit, and ain't none of them worth nothing, like, it really don't matter. But you could have 20 fire ass, huh? Mean, mean shit to who, though? To anybody. Like, it could be just some regular, like, some shoes that is, like, okay, like, what do those shoes mean? Like, it's just you just bought another color in those 11s or whatever. Like, who cares? Right. So, but... If you have, like, 20 pairs of shoes that have, like, really good, you know, resale value, there's, like, history and all that shit, like, behind the shoe. I feel like, to me, that would mean more than just a person who just buying every damn pair of shoe that come out just because they feel like, oh, I want to build up my quote-unquote collection. Oh, I would agree and disagree with you on that. Like, I I do feel like, like, I got shoes that ain't got no resale value. It's like, yo, like, I don't, but it's like, they dope to me, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... Like the reset, like honestly, I can honestly tell you when I buy a shoe, I do not think about the reset value. Mm-hmm. I think about, do I like this shoe? I'm going to wear. It. I wear all my shoes. There's only one shoe that I have that I will never wear because it would never come back out again. What shoe? I can promise you that. It is the Nike Arizona Flight 96. It's the shoe they made for Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. They made a shoe. It was a uh, shoe in the Lakers colorway for Kobe, and it was a shoe in the 76ers colorway. For Allen Iverson, right? Problem is, Allen Iverson never signed with Nike ever. He's been with Reebok his whole professional career. So they got wind of it and threatened to sue them. And so Nike recalled all those shoes. And uh, like I said, it's in the red, white, and blue colorway for the 76ers. And on the heel, it's a number three stitched on there. Nike Air Zone Flight 96, rookie zone flight. 96, I believe. So, do you feel like, okay, so what if... Uh, so, they might come back out with that shoe in the same colorway, but it's not going to have that three on there. Sorry. So, as far... <laughs> you good. So, if you could... Uh, no, you know what? I ain't going to ask you a question. Okay, so what about... If we talked about... So, we were talking about <laughs> our favorite and our worst shoe. So, is there a shoe that you have currently that has, like, a lot of, like, sentimental value to you? Yes. And what's that shoe? All uh, right, so. And why? Um, so, I grew up poor to the motherfucker. Like, poor. <laughs> like, I, I could spend a whole episode talking about how poor we was. But, like, unless you hooked up your water hose to your neighbor's house so you can have water, you ain't been poor as me. But. So I grew up poor, and I remember getting my first pair of Air Jordans, right? I feel mm-hmm. like most people remember that first sneaker they got. Like, you just remember, right? And I so don't remember. And so my first Air Jordan was a pair of the black and red 12s. Matter of fact, I still have my original pair. Was it? Shout out to Hit that right, dog. <laughs> so um, 
I have my original pair still, the original box and everything. And uh, like I treated those things like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like it was the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like I, you know, I just just pampered them, and uh, and so they re retro them. I, like I, I was like, I gotta have these. You know, it's like those shoes are just sentimental to me. Like, there's not a whole lot of resale value to them. Um, I mean, they're not the most sought after sneakers, you know. Uh, and it's not even like the greatest sneakers. It's not even my top five, if you was asking my top five. But sentimentally, it means a lot to me because, like I said, growing up poor, and the only reason I got them is because at the time I was like in the seventh or eighth grade, I believe. Like, I was already wearing a size 15 at that time. Damn. So you couldn't go to Kmart and get me any more Kmart shoes because then we go to a 13. So they, it forced their hand, forced my family's hand to buy me, you know, a pair of Nikes or a pair of Jordans. And I remember I had to, like, shovel snow and rake leaves all year, you know, to like to pay them back for that. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a lot of sentimental value in that one shoe for me. Like, if there was, if my house caught on fire, like, I would run back in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'll get, get my black and red toes. Yeah, I uh, that's how I feel like my uh I'll say the shoes that had the most sentimental value to me would be um the bread thirteens. Like I've had them every single time that they released. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they have such uh value to me is because um, I have a picture of me and my great grandfather. Um we used to go down to Georgia almost every Christmas holiday because his birthday was on Georgia? Um, Hmm? Georgia? Georgia. Oh, okay. I was about to say, what state was that? Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> His birthday was um, Christmas Eve, and we would spend the Christmas holiday down there with him, and then, like, drive down to Florida and go to Disney World. And That's what's he, up. Um, he, uh, I have a picture of us on his porch, and I was young. I was, I don't even know how old I was, but I had, like, some box braids, and my mom used to dress me like a little, she used to dress me like a little boy sometimes, and I had a, a reversible uh, Jordan jersey, some basketball shorts, and the bread 13s. And every since those, every time those shoes have released, I've gotten them every single time. Like, I still have, I wish I still had those original ones, but I still have the pair from, like, 04. Again, when they released in, like, 2012 or 13, I have yeah. those. And then when they just released back in the wintertime, I have those as well. Right. And then every time I get them, I'll buy them for, like, me and my brother or, like, me and my two sons or whatever. Like, just because, like, I just really... Love those shoes, and they just have that, you know, sentimental value. So sometimes, you know, I hate when people are like, you know, you have those shoes. Why are you getting them again or, you know, right. whatever, like, right. or why you keep buying the same shoe? You know, sometimes it's just more than just the shoe. Right. So, and I feel like that's really special when people do, you know, understand that and they have that connection to certain things like that, you know, that they do understand. And it's not always just the shoe. It's, it's more to that. So, you know. Sneakers are like time castles. Like, the, there's like certain songs when you hear it, it takes you back to a memory. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, sentimental sneakers are the same way. Like, it gives you those memories. Case in point, I remember the Black um, the black Toe 14s were coming out. And I remember seeing it, you know, working for Sneaker Bar Detroit. Um, you know, I see all the release dates as they come out and whatnot. And so uh, I saw it, and I was just kind of like, eh. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't have them as a kid. And not that I hated them. It was just nothing that I had to have. Yeah. And I remember going to Eastland and— I remember just holding them, and all of a sudden, all these memories from, like, eighth grade in 1998 just started, like, flooding, just came out of nowhere. 
and I was just sitting there thinking, like, damn, if this shoe has that type of power where it can, like, just bring back those types of memories, I got to have this shoe. Yeah. And I bought them, like, right then and there. I had no – I actually was there to get another shoe, and I bought those instead. Um, I ended up getting the other shoe um, anyway, but it was the Great Fives, by the way. Um, oh, that should have been my top five. People don't sleep, sleep on those. What, the Great Fives? The Great Fives. I don't even want to talk beautiful. about the Great Fives. I have a fucked up story about the Great Fives, but I don't even want to get into that because, you know, we're pretty much we're coming to the end of the show. So, um, what about our relationship? Okay, Caesar, um, <laughs> I would like for you to go ahead and, you know, shout out your social media. Where can people find you, the podcast and everything? Um, okay, so uh, I go by the African Caesar, A F R I K. A-N-C-A-E-S-A-R. That's the correct way to spell Caesar, by the way. Not C-A-E. No, C-E-A. It's C-A-E-S-A-R. Um, anyway, that's my moniker. I go by on social media. Uh, the Sneakerbox Podcast. Um, you can find it on Instagram at the Sneakerbox underscore podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Sneakerbox underscore. Um, you can find us on all podcast platforms, um, including sneakerbardetroit.com. Um, but yeah, like we, you know, the number one sneaker podcast out there, and you know, we're working on a couple deals right now. We got flown up by Nike to their headquarters, which was crazy. Um, that experience in itself was <laughs> like they took us to their archives. Like, that, <laughs> yeah, it's like Indiana Jones when he found like the Ten Commandments of the Ark of the Covenant. It was just like, yo, somebody's face melted, and <laughs> it was just like that. It was just like. Wow, like you see original shoes. Like we saw original shoes. We saw shoes that they did, they never came out with. We saw prototypes, and uh, it was just like, like real quick, for an example, the Vapor Maxes came out like what twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. They've been working on that since the early eighties, and they showed us like the predecessors that led up to the um, version that they finally released. <laughs> it's like yo, it's like. Your brain just explodes in your skull. Um, but it's just nice to be up close and be able to talk, like to be able to talk to people, like we were talking about the Air Jordan 3. One of the uh, guys that was, you know, part of our tour, he is like Tinker Hatfield's right hand man. He was able to tell us stories from that time because he was there. Michael's reaction. And uh, it was just, you know what I'm saying? Like it's one thing to read about the Titanic, it's another to talk to a survivor who was there. And that's what it felt like. It was just like, wow, like, you know. And so, um, you know, the anxiety. Because Michael Jordan was leaving. And there was a lot of pressure on Tinker, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to make this shoe. I know, right? I don't even, it feel, it, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like smelling a fart, right? And so it's, <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, definitely check out the show. Um, we just try to. Like I said, we try to we tried to create like a radio show. Like we it was a podcast, but I had a radio show in mind. And um we have fun. We talk about sneakers, you know, and uh we have segments. One of my favorite segments is uh our shoe check. We call stores around the country and ask for shoes that don't exist. And we usually tie it to a story. Um so I remember we did the uh during Deflate Gate, we caught a <laughs> we caught a bunch of stores in Boston. Asking for the uh, Tom Brady Reebok pump. Um, oh <laughs> uh, when DeAndre Jordan was going to, he went to the Mavs, but then he went back to the Clippers. We called a bunch of stories in Dallas asking for the DeAndre Jordan Renig pack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So we try to tie it to a story and whatnot. And um, a lot, it's funny because people either know but don't, but are unsure, or really don't know 
and go along with it because they don't want to, you know, seem stupid. Mm-hmm. And I, in the case of the Reebok pump, the, the dude described it to us. I never forget that. He actually, the shoe does not exist. It's not real. And he's describing the shoe to us. Oh, it's red and it got this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this. <laughs> And it's like, wow. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, people, like, you know, like real life is funnier than fiction sometimes. And, you know, you catch people on a random day. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Um, I think one of the, I guess, funner things for me and I guess a lot for our listeners is the Yelp thing that we do. Because hmm. uh, I, I Yelp everything. And so I just got the idea, like, why don't I just Yelp sneaker stores? And the best comments are always the negative ones, like the one-star ones. So we got a one-star Yelp review segment where I read the one-star Yelp reviews, but I I read them as if I'm the angry customers. So you got the angry gay guy, you got the angry angry wrestler, uh, you got the angry rich guy. Like it's so many different voices I created in my head. Um, but yeah, so it's <laughs> anyway. Check out the show. I mean, I could tell you about it, but you can just listen to it. And uh, we know we do a show every week. It's a two-hour show. Um, listen to it while you're driving, working out, uh, on a podcast with your girlfriend when she don't claim you. Uh, oh my god! You know what I'm saying? Like, all, <laughs> listen to it wherever. <laughs> well, I definitely want to thank you for uh, stopping through, um, Mr. African Caesar. So definitely go ahead and follow. Well, Mr. is my father. <laughs> go ahead and follow, follow Caesar, follow me as well. Um, you can find me on Instagram at caramel apple underscore shy c h e y caramel caramel caramel. I say caramel. <laughs> <laughs> and my uh my the podcast page is views from the thick. I just changed it. It's just views from the thick. That's it. And then on uh, Twitter, follow me on Twitter. It Twitter. is caramel. Apple Shy. That's C A R A M E L A P P L. There's no E C H E Y on my personal Twitter page. And then on the podcast page is Views from T Thick. So definitely uh, follow me on all social media. Also, artists, don't forget to submit to me your music at Views from the Thick PC at gmail.com. I would love to have your songs featured on other, um, an upcoming episode as well as I want to get as much music in as I can. So when I start my next project, I'll have a lot of music to, you know, uh, to get started with and I, I'm telling y'all it's going to be really really dope and I feel like I'm very excited about it because it's something different and you know not anybody in the city is um, doing <laughs> Caesar stop looking at me <laughs> so yes you know absolutely get your uh, get your music submitted to me as soon as possible again that is views from the thick PC at gmail.com this has been episode 9 <laughs> of views from the thick podcast I will check in with y'all next time peace <laughs>